0: Podcaster, author, client, and stylist advocate, future dentist? Crystal Green is a stylist that was literally at a crossroads and had to choose a path to take her future seriously. Sound familiar? Listen to our total girl chat, complete with giggles, fun, inspiration. It was the best episode probably so far that I've had, and I literally loved chatting with Crystal, and I know you're going to love listening to this episode full of twists and turns. Let's get to it. Are you a beauty or barber pro looking for that push to do that thing you've always wanted to do, whether it's in or out of the salon, spa, or shop? Are you tired of not feeling good enough, smart enough, skilled enough? Are you tired of not getting a handle on your mental health, boundaries, and insecurities? I'm Christine Sherwood, The Beauty Pro Coach, an internationally certified coach, a salon and spa owner, and your personal Jiminy Cricket. I use my own experiences, good and bad, as a salon owner to help you be more self-aware, authentic, and forward-thinking in your approach to life in and out of the salon. It's time to reach your version of success with The Beauty Pro Coach Podcast. hello you fabulous fabulous people this is christine your host of the beauty pro podcast and today i have a very special guest with me she is known as on instagram as the hair mentor or your hair mentor she's gonna correct me on all the things (laughs) um and so crystal you are here please introduce yourself because obviously i cannot
1: (laughs) Oh, that's okay. That's why we're here, friend. Hello. Yes, my name is Crystal, and um, anywhere and everywhere I go by Your Hair Mentor. So that's on my podcast, on my Instagram, my social media, and all of my education pieces.
0: Awesome. So tell us a little bit about how you got into the industry how you got started how did you get to where you are now because I know you have you have a podcast you have workshops mm-hmm. you have coaching an ebook affiliate links tell us everything
1: all the things um oh gosh where do I even start so I was born May 30th no i <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, like for real, I, I wasn't going to be in this industry. This was not like I was not someone that as a little girl was going to grow up and be a hairstylist. Okay. okay. Um, actually, I was going to be a dentist, believe it or not. That was my, my path.
0: I love that so much. Oh my yeah. God. Keep going. You know,
1: I I grew up in a family of like blue collar workers um, that struggled, you know. Like we, I had a roof over my head and food to eat and clean clothes, but like things were tight. And I remember thinking very young like, I want to do something bigger. I want to, I want to go to school and I want to end up in a career that like elevates me and puts me into like a position of recognition or, um, I want to feel special and I want to do more. Okay. Right. So it was like, that was the thing. And then I remember in fourth grade, I got braces on. Right. Uh And I was obsessed. I thought they were the coolest things I'd ever seen in my life. (laughs) And (laughs) the whole dental office just like fascinated me. And so I latched onto it as this idea of like, that's my thing, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to be the career that's going to elevate me. It's going to um, give me this worth and feeling and meaning that I'm looking for and also income. Mm -hmm. So from that point on, that was my path. Now I'm going to fast forward you to my senior year of high school, where I I don't know why this woman allowed me to buy this, but I bought a haircutting razor at a yard sale.
0: Oh, my God.
1: For 25 yeah. cents. Just oh, like an old school feather razor, okay? My yeah. mom used to love to yard sale, so I would go with her. And I was like, what is this thing? And the lady's like, oh, it's a haircutting razor. And I'm like, what do I do with that? She's like, you just cut hair. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I would had a passion for it. Like, all my Barbie dolls had horrible haircuts because I'd, you know, done the mm-hmm. thing like we all do. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a little sister who, bless her heart, let me experiment on her and my friends and whatnot, too. So I bring home this cutting razor. And went to town on my sister's hair (laughs) and uh my mom not knowing a lot about the beauty industry at all was like i know this is a bad haircut so we're going to take you to a real salon to get it fixed and i was like a real salon like what is this i gotta Mm -hmm. check it out Mm -hmm. so we go to this salon and the woman who was cutting the hair to fix the hair was like you know what minus a few angles here and there like this is really not a bad haircut now this was back circa early 2000s with mm-hmm. like the short flippy hairdos mm-hmm. that we all had and that's what I was kind of trying to emulate there mm-hmm. and uh, I was kind of like see mom and the stylist
0: I got this like exactly
1: um. like she was like no it's bad I'm like it's not bad but my mom's like a hippie from the 70s with long hair you know it's funny that my hair is parted down the middle right now because I don't normally wear it like this but my mom's like parted down the middle long it's still that way even though she's a hundred percent gray okay (laughs) so like short and flippy in her eyes is just bad Um, so anyway, this woman ends up convincing me to go check out the beauty school down the street. Lo and behold, she was an instructor there. So Mm -hmm. she was like definitely fishing for students. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but she talked me into it as a way to work my way through college. Cause I'm going to have to work through college anyway. I'm thinking, you know what, this could be kind of fun. Just thinking of it as like a little side job. Mm -hmm. Like to me, it was the equivalent of waiting tables or, uh, working retail. And I was gonna have to do something, so I thought, you know what? What the heck? It was ten months out of my, you know, plan. Um, so I did it. Now I'm gonna take you to when I started my my real career path, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to beauty school. I loved it. It was great. It was fun. Whatever. And uh, as soon as I graduated, I had a job lined up at a salon in the mall. Oh my god! This is when malls were cool. Oh my god!
0: I'm just like, oh my goodness. Okay.
1: Right. I don't know. I don't know how old you are, but like I turned 40 this year. And so like, you know, back in the day, like malls were my jam. That was where we hung out. So I was like proud to be at a salon in the mall. Okay, so here I am at my salon mall job, my like fun job. And I was also working in a dentist office to try to get my hours um, kind of banked up to get into dental school. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, by the way, I should ask you, do you like going to the dentist? Oh my
0: goodness. I had braces myself. Like I was waiting for you to like continue on, but there are so many points that resonate so well. So with me, because I, yeah, I had braces, but it was later on. I also was going to go in a different field. Um, what else my, uh, 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 my family, like I were the first of like in this industry, like so many things, but I just wanted to like hear your, hear you out because I'm just cracking up over here. But to answer your question, do I like the dentist? I guess I love, well, I love weirdos
1: then. Yeah. I love the attention.
0: Like I love going to the doctor just before our call. I went to my chiropractor, like give me That's so funny. Let's go.
1: That's awesome. I I feel the same way. I'm like yeah. strangely addicted to going and getting my teeth cleaned. Um mm. but the majority of people, if we were to poll an audience and say like, "Hey, who likes going to the dentist?" we would be the minority, right? Oh, for sure. The majority of people are not into it. No. Um someone take you to this day that changed my life. Okay? okay? I'm so, I'm in the dental office in the morning. Doing my thing, where I'm like, I basically do everything that I can besides touch the patients, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. like not licensed to do anything. I'm just learning, so I'm like up at the front, filing all the stuff, and just kind of do-to-do in my head, singing a song. And every patient that came in that morning was lamenting in the same way. It was like, oh, I've been dreading this all week. Oh, mm. I don't want to be here today. Oh, can we just get mm. this over with? Let me hit that nitrous and you know tap out kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't seem odd to me because it was the normal kind of stuff so then i go into my salon job in the afternoon my cute little fun you know mall job Mm -hmm. and uh since i was the newbie i got all the call-ins and the walk-ins and all that jazz so i come in and there's a woman who called in that day for a haircut right not referred to me the receptionist didn't say oh you got to go to crystal she's great it was like crystal has time boom end of story Mm -hmm. so i greet my client And i walk her back to the chair and as i'm sitting down in the chair she's sitting in the chair and i'm draping her she like plops down in my chair and does this audible sigh of relief she's like i'm so happy to be here and i looked at her and i was like what did you just say to me i was like (laughs) people don't get it they're like
0: what what do you mean yeah
1: and i'm like oh my gosh i'm like you don't even know if i can cut in a straight line and you are pumped to be here and pumped to see me. And so in that moment, in my head, all these things are happening and I'm like, oh my God, I can't be a, dent- a dentist. I can't do this. And I'm like, "I, what am I doing? And I look at her and I was like, you just changed my life. And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. hi, hi, nice to meet you. What? <laughs> yeah. But I literally said it out loud. I was like, I think you changed my life. And then I tried to backtrack and give her this like oddball explanation of like, I was going to be a dentist, but now I realize I can't. Basically, I had this moment where I realized I wanted to be in a career where I made people feel good, right? Mm -hmm. I thought I wanted to help people, but really and truly, like a dentist helps people, but they don't feel good when they're there, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so like being kind of a sensitive person, I kind of pick up on people's emotions. And so if someone's always like grossed out to see me or like not interested in seeing me, that's going to make me feel bad, Mm -hmm. right? And then this woman who doesn't even know me is like, hi, I love you already, you know? And so I was like, okay, this makes me feel pretty good to make people feel good. Now, I still didn't take the career seriously for a couple of years, because Mm -hmm. in my eyes, it still wasn't like a real career. Mm -hmm. But that moment opened my eyes to the possibility of it being something fulfilling and more. And it wasn't until later that um, I kind of had to come to a crossroads. I had all these college credits where I had kind of, decided once I wasn't going to be in dental school, I took anatomy, biology, chemistry, physiology, all of these uh, ologies mm-hmm. because I was I was interested in science and I wanted to do something important. And then um, I ran out of credits I could take at the junior college and I had to pay for big girl school <laughs> because I was working full time. Um, now I had graduated from the mall uh, job, right? Mm-hmm. I realized at some point like, oh, I can go rent a booth and make a lot more income that way. Um, I had a full time job making like six figures, doing great, not trying, by the way, not taking it seriously. Right. And I was like, wait, am I going to quit my job that I'm working loving to go do something else in school that I don't even know if I'm going to love? Maybe it won't even make me, you know, the same amount of money or maybe it will. I don't know. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm like, I'm doing it because I want to be important, right? I want that elevated status. I want um, some sort of recognition in my community. And then I looked around at the clients that I was serving, right? Who's my clientele? Doctors, teachers, um, pediatricians, uh, dentists, the local news anchor, the moms. It was like all of these very important members of my community needed me right? Mm-hmm. I was their person. And so not only is it making me feel good because I'm making them feel good, but I'm important because yeah. of that. And that to me was the moment that I actually embraced the career and like truly fell in love with it. And then here I am 22 years later, still loving it and shaping it into be something new now. I love so, it. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that's, that's just like my introduction to like how I came to love this career that I didn't even know.
0: Yeah, exactly. See for me, you know, and I talk about this in past episodes too, is that for me, my mother was a hairdresser, right? And so today we are in partnership owning a salon, but growing up, I was always trained if you will, to, you go to college, you become a professional, whether that's a lawyer, a doctor, whatever it is. And so I had that in my brain too, like, okay, I'm going to do it. And when I got to university, I was like, this is boring. I was working at (laughs) internships and, like, I was like, this is what we do every day. And, like, and I would look around and I would say, wow, you guys are like happy to do this same thing every single day for the rest of your life. Like, nothing changes. Like, Mm -hmm. God forbid somebody spills the coffee right like that was i was so thrilled when something would happen i'm like oh oh okay yeah and um so to hear your story it's like yes like something about our industry just draws you in and then there's no going back Mm -hmm. like here we go
1: yeah i actually was listening to a different podcast recently um Uh i wish i could remember the name of it at the moment it might have been something, no, it wasn't Jordan Peterson. Anyway, um, this like little catchphrase kind of stuck in my head. It was talking about wholeheartedness and like happiness in our humanity. Right. Mm -hmm. And there are not a lot of things in life where you can inspire creativity and, you know, kind of like express yourself and also have like an altruistic, um, connection with people where you're like feeding into your communities Mm -hmm. and, Also make a living doing it, you know what I mean? Like there, there are other things you can do, you know, in your free time or paid jobs to kind of supplement those things. But there's not a lot of careers that do it all together. Honestly, I can't think of another one like hairdressing. That's it, right? So special. It is
0: so special because we have, we like I always tell everybody we are like all the things in one in one. So we're the communication industry. We are now tech, uh, HR customer service, science. Like it, you got to do and know a little bit of everything. Um, and I don't, I don't know about you, but for me, that was so exciting because it's literally something different every single day. And you just wake up being so excited to just go to work in the salon because you don't feel like you're working. You feel like you're just, I hate to use the word socializing, but you essentially are socializing but with a purpose mm-hmm. and so i you know i left university yeah. and went back to find myself and honey did i find myself in the salon
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so oh so then to continue with um yeah. my personal journey right Please. um i worked very happily behind the chair Mm uh moving to different states building new salons um for myself i've always been an independent contractor or um what's the hip word now solopreneur right mm, girl Mm -hmm. yes so i've done like booth rental i've done um traveling like bridal stuff Mm -hmm. i've owned a suite and uh now i have like a studio behind me here that you can see this is my like multi-purpose studio here (laughs) yeah Um, so i've kind of done it all in the sense of like being an independent and loving every step of the way. And then which, which by the way,
0: if I could interrupt, yeah. why why not ever try commission? What was your like averse to it?
1: No, I really wasn't, honestly. So I was born and raised in a small town in Northern Mm -hmm. California, um, Chico, California. don't know if you're familiar with it. But um, it's not big, and it did not have really any commissioned salons at the time. I think you find those in more um, densely populated areas, Mm -hmm. at least historically. Mm -hmm. I know they're getting a little more popular again now. But um, where I grew up, it was like, you were a paid employee somewhere and it was usually a chain minus my cool um salon job in the mall they were like the only one in town that wasn't like a regis or a you know supercuts okay. or whatever or you worked booth rental somewhere okay. and that was it there was no in betweeners and so it really wasn't an option. And then when I moved to Texas at some point, I could have had that as an option, but mm-hmm. I didn't take Texas seriously. Meaning when we moved there, I thought it was going to be very short-lived. And so I really didn't want to put down roots. And so I never really mm-hmm. like tried to go get involved with a commission salon somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when I did more traveling and bridal stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just didn't really sound appealing at the time. And then when I moved to Nevada, where I am now, I was like fully committed to just having a salon suite because most of my clientele that I met here were like moms with young children. Mm -hmm. That was like the time of my life that I was in and the people that I were meeting, and they liked the privacy of it. And so it just, it's not that I was like adverse to it. It just never really was a right fit, either like location or time of my life. And that's mm-hmm. all. I think if I were to go back into a salon situation now, mm-hmm. it's kind of appealing. If I could find an environment in a salon where I could just walk in and I don't have to do any of the backend stuff. you know, I just come in, do my thing and leave. I don't have to take inventory. I don't have to worry no. about all that stuff. I see the appeal for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah
0: what would be some things that um that you would be looking for as far as like a culture
1: Mm, that's a good question um I mean, I've worked in a couple different types of salons, mm-hmm. like at one point I worked in a place that was a 16 chair salon with four manicurists as well. And um, to me, that was like big and a lot. And we always had the kind of music on, I call it uns uns music, where you like walk in and it's like, <laughs> unce, 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 you know, it was just that kind of vibe, right? <laughs> like everything yeah. was like, it's a, it's a party basically. Yeah. Um, that would not be my vibe right now, <laughs> okay. I'll tell you that. Uh, okay. I don't even know if it was my vibe then, but it was kind of like exciting at the time. I right. don't know. Uh, and then I've worked in like kind of more, um, quiet, almost I like a esque like yeah. spa. And that's yeah. also not my jam. Like I'm, as you can tell, I'm kind of animated mm-hmm. and, um, I'm like just kind of excitable. And so yeah. like really quiet environments and me are usually not, um, sympathetic to each other. And so, uh, you know, I think (laughs) if I could find a place that was just like happy people Mm -hmm. doing what they love, you know, maybe a handful of people to work with because the camaraderie is really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, you know, some ability to like express your creativity. That's all I'd really ask for. Maybe some plants. I like plants. (laughs) As you can see, I have some growing behind me here. I like plants. I do, you know, I'm kind of a plant lady.
0: I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. So, so I mentioned before that you have a podcast, you still work behind the chair, you have an ebook. Tell us how it is that you make
1: your money. Yeah. Yes. Um, good question. I think the pandemic taught Mm. a lot of us Uh that, uh, diversification is the way to go because as most of us know when we were shut down so was our income right yep. Yep. um that it's funny to me because i've i've just been a hairdresser my entire adult life that's the only thing i've ever done professionally like literally straight out of high school beauty school right mm-hmm. i've always had money to me it's like it's almost like i've taken it for granted because i've always had clients i've always had income to me money's just like it's just money whatever who cares right. yeah well, let's go buy that i'll make more money mm-hmm. and to have it cut off like not an option i was like whoa This is scary. I've never experienced this before. Even when I moved to different states, it was like, I still had my old clients I could go back and see. I had new friends I was meeting. I was always like fingers out, finding more ways to meet people. And so I always had money with my salon business. Mm -hmm. So that scared me. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it also got me thinking, it's like, okay, say I don't do hair anymore. What what, What do I wanna do? And it was my husband actually that I, I, love him dearly. He is my brains of the operation so much of the time. And, um, like our friends call him like the logic guy. He's like, you know what you've been complaining about for 20 years is clients being unhappy with their hair from previous services. Like every time you meet a new client, it's like, you know, my hairstylist didn't understand this, or I said this and they gave me that, or they just, they're like lamenting about their experiences with past, uh, hairdressers. And so I was like, you know, maybe one thing that I'm really good at, uh, is communication. Right. And so I thought maybe there's something I can do. That's not just standing behind the chair and helping my clients, but maybe it can help more clients. And so I started this whole process of like diversifying my income by making courses that were geared towards clients. Okay. Oh, what a I twist. Made, yeah, I know, right? So my so your hair mentor originally the name came from the idea that I'm your hair mentor helping you with your hair, right? My original focus and my original goal was the general public and yes. clients. Cuz yes. I thought, "Man, if I can make more people feel good, that mm-hmm. just like elevates that whole idea of like why I'm in the beauty industry to begin with, right? Um, okay, so well, actually at first I started writing a book and okay. this one is still sitting in my computer unpublished because I've changed the ending so many times. Um, but I started writing, <laughs> speaking to clients. It was like, hey clients, here's what I know. And here's what I'm gonna share with you so that you can take these tools and go talk to your hairstylist, okay? But I couldn't, it was like, I didn't have a way to end it. Because right. it got to a point where I'm like, wait, but I wanna show them stuff now. There's only so much you can do in writing. So true. Okay. So true. And so mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, um, I think I need I need to like do some videos. And so then I created a trilogy of courses uh, one was called Heat, Tension, and Water. It's all about manipulation techniques on your hair, right? Like, mm-hmm. think round brushes, curling irons, anything where you're using heat, tension, or water. Okay. And then I had curls, coils, and waves, which is how to embrace your natural texture. Yeah. And then I had prep style finish, which is a product usage basically from start to finish, like sh- from shampoos to finishing products and everything in between and I was very proud of them I love them launched them and then was like this isn't it oh and so meaning like this isn't my calling like I I enjoyed it but I was like "Mm, it just doesn't feel right okay so I was like okay so we're gonna start over so now I'm going to talk to hairstylists because I was like I like talking to clients. This is cool, but it's not it's just not fulfilling like I thought it was going to be.
0: Mhm. Did people did clients actually like buy into it? Like mm-hmm. they Yeah. Did. Okay. Oh yeah
1: yes okay and then i i will say simultaneously i started hosting workshops in uh, reno nevada where i'm at now um that were called bubbles and braids so one of my loves is um styling hair for like special occasions i just love it right Mm -hmm. and braids and any sort of like wispy you know Mm whoop-de-doos is my jam and i love teaching people how to do it on themselves too right just simple little techniques And so. I was hosting these workshops for the general public for clients. Um, It worked like a great little feeder system to get people into my space, Mm -hmm. to then be like, oh, you have more. Right? And like, yeah, Yeah. here, I have these courses. Um, So anyway, the bubbles and braids classes were like I would serve bubbly and then teach them to do braids. And I would have like you know 15 to 20 women at a time. And I'd walk around and basically one-on-one coach them Mm -hmm. while they're doing their own hair in front of little mirrors. Super fun. Um, I do like that. I think because yeah. it's hands on. Yes. Um, and so I was kind of sad to leave that. Uh, but when I realized I needed to speak to hair okay, let me back up. Here's the thing: clients <laughs> were happy to have the information. Sorry, this oh. is how my brain works. I think no. a lot of us are like this in the industry. Totally.
0: You know? to- but I am following. Ping pong, it's ping. Good. Yes, yeah. Go. Yeah
1: i'm like bam um this is how i have conversations with my clients too right you get those clients <laughs> yes. that you drive with and you're like oh and then and then be me beep, beep, whatever yeah um so all of these clients are like okay so how do i tell my hairstylist this what do i say to my hairstylist well my hairstylist said this well my hairstylist said that and then i'm like ooh i think i'm missing a big part of the equation if i'm empowering clients mm-hmm. but they're not speaking the same language as their hairstylist, there's still gonna be a disconnect, mm-hmm. right? Yep. The clients are gonna come in and be like, well, Crystal taught me this. Oh. And the stylist is gonna be like, well, who's Crystal? This uh-huh. is what I'm talking about, right? So I'm like, right. we all need to be on the same page. And so that's when I was like, okay, I need to talk to hairstylists mm-hmm. and then the hairstylist can empower their clients. So really like, I kind of went from the bottom up thinking I could empower the, the customer first, but I'm like, right. no, I, it actually needs to come from the top down. Right, Right. you need to empower the hairdresser that then empowers the client and educates the client. And so that's where I'm at now. And um, even my podcast originally started as me talking to the general public, Mm. and it kind of shifted into now I only speak to hairstylists. I still have a lot of listeners that are the general public because they're very interested. Right. Uh, Yeah, but now I just speak to hairstylists. It's so funny
0: how we, we grow and we grow quickly with, with like, who am I talking to? Like, who's my audience? And I'm so like, I'm so pleased to know that communication is such a big deal for you because that's what we do. And I, and I talk about this too. Like we are communicators, whether it's through body language or voice, or at least for me, my face gets me in trouble. All the flipping time. So, like just knowing that, and you're teaching the clients, but now teaching hairdressers, like, oh my God, what has been your response with hairstylists and communication? Because at least for me, it's always like, I I already know how to do a consultation. I already got that. Like, oh my God, Christine. But it's so much more than just the consult. So, what what has been your experience with that, with stylists
1: and yeah um so to be completely honest the the one-on-one is the most effective way to talk to someone and it's usually someone will come to me and be like hey i need some hair mentoring and i'm like great let's talk about it Mm -hmm. and they think they're coming they're coming to talk to me about like toners right right like i need help with toners and i'm like cool let's dig into that what does that mean right to me the missing piece of the puzzle is not how well you understand that toner but it's how well you understand your clients needs likes and mm. dislikes mm. because if you know your client is absolutely scared shitless of ash tones and uh-huh. you're gonna stay away from those right, right. You, you find your boundaries in which to play with the tools and so a lot of the time they think they need one thing, but they need another. I don't get a lot of people that are like, "I need help with communication," right? Because we right. all think we're naturally so good at it. Right. But I think a lot of us are kind of egotistic, mm-hmm. and we think it's all about us. Mm-hmm. And we are we are artists. Don't get me wrong. Right? right. Right. We are performing art, and we're getting paid for it. But really and truly, like the person who discerns whether or not that art is good is the person whose head owns the art. Right. And so you have to always put them in as like the hero of the story is how I like to express it. Right. Um, what's the author's name that talks about story brand. I oh. forget his name right now. You know what oh. I'm talking about? I think so. Yes. Okay. I don't know. I don't any know good that is. Story, right? Like mm-hmm. any good story told in any way, shape or form has a hero, right? The hero of the story goes through a struggle and they can't do it on their own. And they need the guidance of a mentor to help them. We are not the heroes in our story. We are the mentors. And so everyone that I speak to one-on-one and I can get that across, they're like, oh my God, I get it. Like every single situation can be not scary when you understand that piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. So the stuff I'm working on now that I'm trying to make money at doing um, more broadly and leveraging my time more are like workshops. And I don't have a course made yet for hairstylists but it's coming. And so when I go to launch that, I will hopefully be launching to the people I've had one-on-one coaching with, and then, you know, podcast following and that kind of stuff. But at this point in time, I'm still only making income on one-to-one stuff, whether it's working one-to-one with a client or Mm -hmm. working one-to-one with a stylist. Love now that. I hope that changes and I know it will. And then there's like little things like, you know, book sales and stuff like that. And sure. I'm working on some big sponsors for the podcast. So I'm really excited about that. But even that is not going to be the same as being able to leverage my time for money with a digital product that can speak to the masses of hairstylists. See,
0: I love, I love this so much because as a multi-passionate person myself, we get so excited because there's so many possibilities and so many opportunities. And I know the listeners who are tuning in, I know that there are some out there like that, just like us. And so what would you tell them? Like what trait, what strength do they need to be successful, especially Mm. in this industry?
1: I think the most important thing for me has been the ability to just keep trying because it's been you know probably two years in the making now to where i finally have my thing that's like oh girl mm, i feel it in my bones you know what i mean love that yes i had this like literal epiphany back in april of this year and i was or no maybe it was may it was may um where i was like this is what i'm meant to share. And this is what I meant to say. It was like I knew I wanted to help with communication, but that's not sexy. That doesn't sell, right? No one, no one's gonna say, yeah, that's me. And I'm I finally have this vision and this idea that is like, oh, here it is. I've been searching for you for two years. And mm-hmm. so the patience of just keeping going and trying to figure out like your groove and like what you're gonna do, because a lot of us are not patient, right? Our mm-hmm. our jobs are so, um, what's the word not instantaneous, but like we get instant gratification, yeah. like most people work for two weeks at a time before they get a paycheck, we leave the salon with money in our hand, whether it's on our Venmo, yeah. you know, um, yes. on its way to our bank account at the end of the day or cash in hand,
0: mm-hmm. you know, so true.
1: So true. and so yeah. it's easy to get used to that. And so like, you have to, you have to be patient in order to think long game. If you're going to do anything else besides just work behind the chair, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So with that, what's been your biggest failure? Mm. And
0: what did you
1: learn? Mm. Um, great question. <laughs> I would say the the biggest failure. Okay, there's two things. I'm gonna okay. say I've got I've got two like toxic traits here.
0: Okay, love <laughs> okay. it. Bring out the toxicity. Um,
1: <laughs> First one is thinking I can do everything. Oh, yeah. Guilty. And literally this week. So whatever date today we are, I Mm -hmm. hired a virtual assistant a week ago.
0: Oh, congrats. Yeah. Oh
1: my God. I just, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I have all of these things that need to get done that I know need to get done. And I just do not have the time capacity or brainwaves to do it. And so why am I trying to do everything? It's like when you run a busy chair in a salon and you need to do more, you hire an assistant. You know what I mean? Like you, duh, it was like, what am I doing? So I hired a virtual assistant. So yeah, toxic trait. Number one, thinking you can do everything by yourself. You can't. And if you can't afford an assistant, you can afford a a system, right? Whether Uh it's like a, a calendar or a app or whatever, there are tools that you need to enlist to help yourself. And then toxic trait number two is I'm really, really bad at actually talking about what I have to offer. Like, I'm so scared of sounding like a used car salesman that I would just like rather not say it at all, which I think is because this is like, it's like the equivalent of graduating beauty college and you don't feel confident in what you have to offer yet. And so you're like afraid to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I'm at with my like baby, you know, job that I'm doing here. It's like, I'm a baby stylist all over again. I'm a baby podcaster, you know? Yes or educator or whatever you want to call me and so I end up not talking about it um, or like pushing it out there as much as I should because I'm worried that it'll come off as like salesy and that's the last thing I want to do Mm -hmm. what I want to do is inspire people but that's so I would say to to fix that I don't know I'm kind of working on that I think um self work is the best way to deal with that, you know, and like actually taking care of yourself and doing things that fill your cup so that you feel inspired and confident.
0: A a favorite quote of mine from one of my own coaches, uh, and it's literally gotten me to this point of even doing a podcast, is better done than perfect. And that phrase has gotten me to do so many crazy things, like even, even CrossFit, like, let's just throw that out there. Right. And so I'm giving, I want to give you that because I, I am right there with you. You know, like it is having insecurities keeps us back from the most amazing opportunities, the most amazing encounters that, that we go through them and we're like, Oh my God, like, what was I waiting for? Like what is happening right now? Like, why didn't I do this sooner? And so I just want to give you that, but, but with that now, you know, our, our industry is an intimate space. We, we are professional behind the chair, but if we are not living our best self outside of the salon, out from behind the chair, you know, our whole world kind of crumbles. So what? are your relationships like outside of the salon and what do you do to fill up your cup outside so you can continue inspire people in the salon? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, so I learned, I'd say pretty early on, um, in my adult life, I was 22 years old. Mm -hmm. So I'd been working behind the chair for a couple of years already. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I split up with this boyfriend that great human terrible boyfriend for me right
0: always the boyfriends i know
1: i know and so we split up and i thought i would be sad because we were together for multiple years and i i literally had one of those like aha moments that just like Mm. smacked me in the face i I worked all the time at that point like you know i made good money but that's all i did was make money yeah. And I remember laying in bed this one morning and I had my window open and like the sun woke me up on my face and I looked outside and I, I'm not joking. I literally saw a butterfly like do, 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 by the window. And I was like, huh? I was like, you know what? The sun is shining and I don't know what I like to do. I'm going to go figure it out. It was like, I, I was just like in this moment of like, who is Crystal and what is she like? I don't know what she likes. I'm going to find out. Right. And I was like, today's the day. And I went on this like kind of self journey of like figuring out what makes me happy. And so it was little at first, like my old boyfriend hated coconut. Right. Well, it turns out I love coconut. <laughs> so I'm like, I went and bought coconut candles, coconut lotion, you know, everything coconut. And it was like this cathartic, like, Oh wait, I like coconut. I and then that. that inspired me to just like, try different things like i went on a scuba diving trip with my friends i'd never even been in the ocean before um i learned to cook where i just literally would go to the store and pick up a random vegetable that i didn't even know and i would buy it and i would come home and google it (laughs) you know um and so i I learned early on that like it's up to me to make myself happy yeah okay and It's not going to be something I find in the salon. Now that does satisfy a small piece of me, right? Because I'm social and we like to, I consider it socializing. It is. It's connecting with humans and getting fulfilled in some aspect, but that's not it. Um, So to this day, I still try on a very regular basis, even as a mom of two young children uh, married to a firefighter. So I'm on my own multiple days a week with the kids. Mm -hmm. I do things that fill my cup. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just reading at night when my kids are asleep. And sometimes yeah. it's really trashy novels that I'm reading that I would be so embarrassed if anyone saw me reading, but it, it makes me feel good, you know? Exactly. Um, I have had to be a little careful about the relationships in my life. Mm. I am not super careful about the relationships I put into my salon chair, right? Because to me, like, I'm there to serve them. That's a little mm-hmm. different. And I'm I'm good at keeping boundaries about, um, feelings and conversations and things like that. I keep it professional, but connected, but in my personal life, I've had to learn how to keep boundaries up to only bring those people into my life that serve me and make me feel good. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, it's a constant evolution. It's not like I'm there, you know, it's not like I've got all the answers, but I think, I think the answer is just to keep continuing to grow and find out what serves you.
0: Absolutely. And, and growth, like I've had people come to me and say, "Okay, Christine, when am I when am I good? Like when am I good to go?" And it's not like that. The minute you stop learning, you stop growing. You're dead. Like that's mm-hmm. that's it. No, you don't yeah. want to. You don't want to ever reach reach the top or reach it because then where else do you go?
1: Right. So well, nothing in life. Yeah, yeah. Nothing in life is stagnant. Like literally right. nothing. And uh, I heard someone say one time that. Mm-hmm everything in life is either growing or dying, mm. everything, yeah. nothing stays the same. And so if you're not growing your relationships, they're dying. If you're not growing your self-worth, it's dying. You know what I mean? And like, when I heard that, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. you just have to pay attention.
0: Absolutely. And you got to pay attention to yourself.
1: Like, mm-hmm. who are you? And
0: I feel so many of us in this industry, we're just constant givers Mm -hmm. that we don't even know who we are, not Mm -hmm. in the salon, not out of the salon. So thank you for sharing that. And I, and I do believe it's going to inspire people for sure. Awesome. I hope so. So who are some, who are three of your influential people that you look up to?
1: Mm. Do you (laughs) want um, beauty industry specific people or just like anyone?
0: Oh, it could be anyone. Anyway, let's do both. Let's do, yeah.
1: Okay, so let's do top three beauty industry people. Um, So I think one of my original inspirations with podcasting Mm -hmm. in the beauty industry is Brit Siva. Love it. I like that she's kind of this like nerdy detail focused person who's like heavily into the um, growth and business side. So I -hmm. I find her very inspiring. She does what I don't want to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, like, I am not, for the record, I am a terrible business person. I'm awful at finances. Like, girl, mm, it's bad. Um, <laughs> never. It's never been my jam. Um, I'm fairly disorganized mm-hmm. and... Still have had a thriving career. So it's not like you have to be perfect in those things. You so oh no way. yeah. but I'm like inspired by her attention to detail in those things. So that's yeah. that's one person I really look up to. Um, another person uh, that really inspires me is Candy Shaw. Love she is someone, her. yeah, yeah. I had a great conversation with her a little while back. and like, just, the way she talks, like she could just be talking gibberish, but the way that she says it, I'm just like all ears and eating up everything she says. Yeah. But luckily what she is saying is really great and inspirational. Mm-hmm. So I love her. And then, um, gosh, I would say the third person off the top of my head is Brianna Bell. Oh She's a, a hairstylist from Kansas who is... Um, just this like really beautiful shining light and her purpose and goal in life is to inspire change and inclus inclusivity and diversity. Mm -hmm. Um, she herself is a a black woman with this like beautiful head of hair. And, um, although I I already liked her when I had this conversation with her in Dallas a few months ago and she told me some of her like hair trauma stories and how she dealt with them. I like, okay, literally, um, she was left, in a salon chair in the middle of a tornado. Oh, I got chills. Oh my God, I wish you could see right now. Yes, like she's getting her hair done and there is a tornado that comes through town and this salon clears out and leaves her. By herself like she doesn't know where they went they went to the shelter and left her behind so the way that she deals with these things is so graceful and beautiful and she's not angry when she shares her messaging and she it's just she's inspiring and i really really look up to her yeah now outside of the beauty industry um someone that I like can't get enough of. It's he's a weirdo, but I like love him. Is um, Jordan Peterson? I don't know if you've listened to any of his stuff. No, no. He, but I love man, it.
0: I love weirdos. So I'll have yeah, to
1: he's. Uh, I think he was originally um, a uh, professor in okay. Canada and spoke out against something. But the, his intelligence is frightening, and listening to him tell a story. Someone will ask him a question and he just goes so far off the rails that you're like, where the heck did he go? I don't know what the, what's going on. He brings it back around in, in a way that you're just like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like, I don't know how his brain did that. It's that's crazy cool. and scary and beautiful. So I love him. And then, um, I'm like trying to think of anyone else that's, I mean, honestly, my husband is Aww. really inspiring. Oh, he Lord. is so authentic. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And honest, he kind of pisses me off sometimes with his honesty. <laughs> yeah, but, you, you know but what we I mean? need it. But we need yeah. it. It's so grounding. Oh. Yes. Like I'll make stuff all the time and have him look at it first before I send it out, especially if it's like a video or whatever. And like yeah. sometimes I'm really proud of stuff and then he looks at it and he's like, "You can do better." I'm like, what? And he's like, "This is not good." Oh. I'm like, and I get so mad and offended sure. and like, dude. And then I'm like, wait, he's right. He's right. And so and his he... honesty and candor. Mm, yeah. And he doesn't filter for anyone. Oh, so That's it's perfect. impressive. It's like That's... the opposite of me. <laughs> you know, like I tend to be like, you know, if something's kind of really bad. I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. And then yeah. I'm like, well, maybe it is. Maybe I need to tell you honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, But I love that. I love those people in our life that just keep us like real, Mm -hmm. you know, that's so awesome. Okay. It's hard to find. Totally. So what is it that no one agrees with you about? Mm. Because, because just some backstory to this question, because as beauty and barber pros, we know what we're talking about especially in the industry right we all know the celebrity stylists and we look up to them and we're like oh, yes they're amazing and they they can do no wrong and then we go out into the public and they have no idea who we're talking about they mm-hmm. think oh you just play hair all day you're just you're just playing barbie like ugh, that's not a real job so this, all of that for this question because i feel I have learned so much about people and life from the salon Mm -hmm. okay wait repeat the question again sorry okay so now (laughs) the question is again what is something that no one agrees with you about but you know that it is true and everybody needs to know this
1: Mm. um you know, I, the, the first thing that pops in my head is mm. uh, my like piece de resistance that I've been working on, okay. and that is that um, that chair you can oh, see behind okay. me right there, that, yeah. is, that is the sacred chair.
0: Mm.
1: And I think a lot of people get into our industry and see our industry from the outside mm-hmm. as this glamorous, fun you know surface level thing like if you look up the definition of hairdressing it's like to change the shape of hair mm-hmm. womp womp right right you and i know that's not it right and there are some of us that would say oh yeah it's a it's a special kind of like deeper uh, connection mm-hmm. but i think it goes even deeper than that like the vulnerability that it takes for a client to sit in our chair and entrust us with this thing that can change their lives. Like that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I'm so ashamed that I did not embrace it sooner. Mm -hmm. And I want every hairstylist to understand that so that they don't devalue themselves. Because I honestly think if every single hairstylist understood that that is like such a sacred, beautiful thing, they would not emotionally discount. Mm. They would not talk down on themselves. They wouldn't let people talk them down. They would take themselves seriously and better their businesses. They would show up on time. They would dress like a professional. They would contact back their people. They would find their ideal clients. Everything would line up if they first and foremost understood their value. And so like, that's what my main focus and my main drive is with everything I'm doing right here is like, I want clients to know that. And I want stylists to know that so that when someone comes and sits in your chair, everyone's in an understanding that like, this is a special vulnerable place and me as the service provider, I'm going to take that seriously. I'm going to honor it. I'm going to honor you and I'm going to do everything in my power to do that. And then you're going to be vulnerable with me and let me know if I'm on track or not, you know? Mm So yeah, I'd say that's, that's probably it for me. Oh my goodness. I have so many goosebumps. Like (laughs) I like almost cry when I talk about this. I don't know if you can tell I'm like a little choked up.
0: (laughs) Like that's what was happening to me. Like I was like, my eyes are watering. I'm getting goosebumps. I'm like, Oh yes. Keep going. Like it's so powerful what we do. And Mm -hmm. I hear you, everything you said, like, yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. Like, do it again you know what I mean like I need Mm -hmm. I need we need you need like everybody to know this and hear this and thank god Mm -hmm. that we are on a platform that we can get that word out you know totally yeah I totally agree time oh my gosh it's like fading away um what is something that you wish that I would have asked you and what would you have answered
1: oh gosh I don't know (laughs)
0: I try to get really good questions. Uh uh Uh-huh. But but just in case I miss one.
1: No, I mean, I don't think so. You know, it's really funny for me being on the receiving end of the questions. I'm so used to being the person asking the questions. Um, that I I came into this with just like, I don't know what she's gonna ask, but I'm just gonna (laughs) show up, you know? Uh if I think about it too much, I get like kind of weird and like Yeah. I don't know same, excitable. same. yeah so same. no i think um i think you covered everything i think i do have um something i could share yes um, please your listeners if they're interested yes, yes so sure. um i have a a freebie that i just made recently that i love um kind of on point with what we were just discussing called the client experience toolkit mm. Love um, it. I'm super proud of it. I'm like finally getting this Canva thing down. And I'm like, guess, it. you know, if hairdressing ever fails me, I could be a graphic designer because I I'm know. enjoying doing these things.
0: I know. I feel that. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So any if any of your listeners are interested, and I can give you the link to put in your show notes yes. if you want as well, but um, my link in my bio on Instagram, and it's your.hair.mentor, you'll find a link that says client experience toolkit, and that's yours free to download. And I highly recommend it. It is just a skeletal structure for all the different ways that you can elevate the experience in your salon which we all can agree these days the experience is what keeps clients coming back mm-hmm. right like Amen. Yep. you can give amazing hair but if their experience sucks they're gonna go find someone else mm-hmm. so let's not let that happen okay right uh, exactly yes. So I've got that down for now. I'll probably have more fun freebies later, but um, I'm pretty proud of it. It's like one of those things where I'm like, should I give this away for free? I think so. But that's when I say it's a good thing to give away for free. So I have that.
0: All right. Well, then good. So yes, we're going to have that link in the show notes. What's the best way for people to get in contact with you?
1: um in any way shape or form i am reachable at your hair mentor stuff right so on social media you can dm me at your dot hair mentor i am the one that handles my dms on social media so it will be me that you'll be contacting and if you have any general questions you can hit me up at crystal at your um, and I think that's probably it for now. I think I have a contact form on my website, but I think it literally just sends it to my email, crystal at <laughs> So might as well so, just skip the step. Yeah, yeah, you can just email me or DM me. I'm pretty casual at this point. Um, I'll eventually have something set up with my virtual assistant to be the go-between, but um, we're just getting to know each other. So for now, I haven't done that yet.
0: <laughs> I love it, absolutely. Well, you guys, that is today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me, Crystal. I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I feel like we are the same person in different bodies, which is so (laughs) exciting and refreshing.
1: I totally agree. Thank you. I really enjoyed being here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. And
0: be sure to check out the show notes, get in contact with Crystal, get your freebie. And I can't wait to talk to everybody soon. Thank you for listening. What a fun episode between girlfriends, right? If you couldn't tell, we had a great time chatting it up and just having a fun time talking about the industry and where life has taken us. If you haven't grabbed your freebie from Crystal yet, make sure you visit the show notes to grab it. It's an excellent resource your future self will thank you for. Also, don't forget to subscribe, Get on the VIP list and leave your feedback. Be sure to rate this episode and tell us what you thought about it. Thanks for listening. If you loved this episode, subscribe to The Beauty Pro Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. Don't forget to leave your reviews, stars, feedback, so I can continue bringing the content you deserve and want most. Your feedback fuels this podcast. The more you give, the more you get back. You can follow me at The Beauty Pro Coach on Instagram and Facebook. Want to contact me directly? Email me at be free at